This is Paving the Way, a podcast for young women looking for encouragement and advice. Each episode will focus on real life for real women. We're Tiff and Beth, a couple of women who are ready to speak to you honestly about our life struggles and our relationship with God. We hope by sharing our stories with you that we can help pave your way to Christ. Hey guys, it's Beth, and we're back for another episode. Um, we talked about ourselves, we've talked about our ministry, and where we want to go in the future, but this week we are digging in deep, and we are going straight to the heart of things with hurt in the church. Um, I think what we've been doing recently has been talking to a bunch of people who either no longer believe in God, or have never believed in God, or maybe even still do. Right. Um, but they've experienced pain from other Christians, either other Christian people or people in their church directly or pastors. So we're really wanting to address that today because it's a big problem. I mean, Jesus tells us to love like he loved unconditionally, except we're still driving people away from him. Right. Um, I think it's a definitely a huge issue. I know in my life, um, throughout my Christian life, I've definitely wanted to leave the church at some point or have left the church at some point because of people. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we have to do first before we even dig into hurt is define what church is and who, like what right. does church even mean? So defining a church and what church really is, I mean, it's not a building. It, it is us as Christians. Um, we are the church. And it talks about that in first Corinthians six, 19 through 20. It says, don't you know that your body is a sanctuary, the Holy spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, and therefore glorify God in your body. Totally. And I think that it's important to differentiate religion, which is man-made, from faith and God, which is almighty. Um, so when we talk about religion, you know, you can go to church and you can keep going and you can stand there and praise and worship and listen to the message. But unless you're there for the right reasons to worship God and to surrender to God, then it's not really what I like to think of as church. That's more like religion. Church is people coming together in the name of God to not only glorify God, but to spread his message across the world. That's right. I think, you know, we, we have talked to a lot of women who have said, you know, I mean, women ministry is mostly what we deal with. I mean, we talk to people all the time, but... Um, you've gotten a lot of message from women who have been really hurt by people in the church, or they say the church, but it's really people, um, because we are the hosts that Christ live in. Um, and so I think at the the point that we have to understand is that um, it's not necessarily the whole structure or the the pastor even. Like it may not even be the pastor; it may be somebody in the church that has hurt you. So I think defining that hurt mm-hmm. and where it even comes from, yeah, is and- where we have to kind of start branching from totally that actually reminds me of a book that i haven't read yet but i heard a little bit about i really want to read and it's called the vertical marriage and it talks about in your marriage how if you put your spouse or yourself above god then you will become further apart right um it's also other people have defined it as a triangle the closer you are to god the closer you are to each other um but i think this is an important view in any relationship if you put your faith in a person 
over God, you will consistently be let down right. because we are all sinners. We all make mistakes. We're all imperfect. And that's actually one of the biggest lessons I'm trying to teach my daughter right now mm-hmm. is that if she puts faith in people, she'll always be hurt. And someone asked me, is that is that the same for you? Your mother, you're her mother. She needs to trust you and have faith in you. And I said, exactly the same. Yeah. I am a person. Mm-hmm. You know, if she believes in me over God... You know, she, I'm going to let her down. But if she's following God's path, first of all, she's never going to let me down. But she's going to understand that I am a sinner too and I do make mistakes. Something that I kind of wanted to talk about too is, is as far as hurt, I think that we have to understand ourselves and mm-hmm. what triggers us as people. Maybe even our past. I think that sometimes we can um, walk into a situation Well. You know, if I've been hurt in the past by one church and I step into a church, a new church, and this person did this to me in the old church, it's like you're almost looking for it in your new church. Mm -hmm. And so I think dissecting yourself as a person, like how have I been hurt and how has this affected me? How can I free myself from that before stepping into a new situation? Because we can go looking for hurt even before it hits us, you know, at all. That's totally true. And it actually brings to mind something I heard this last weekend, where if you're going to walk forward with Christ, you have to get rid of the evidence of your past. And I'd like to change that a little bit, because as someone who's been very hurt in my life, Mm -hmm. I don't want to forget that I've been hurt, but I cannot let the fact that I've been hurt color my future. You know, you. I want to remember where I came from because that's the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. And without everything in my past, I wouldn't be where I am today or who I am today. But I also can't hold grudges. I can't, you know, not let things go. I can't turn this all into a big black cloud that doesn't let me move forward or grow as a person. And even, you know, we talked about my book. I don't know. I forgot what episode it was, but we mentioned my book a couple of times you know, running mascara, embracing the beauty of an imperfect church. And one thing that I struggle with is perfection. And so what I tend to do is I look at people and I'm thinking, well, they should respond to me in this way. Yes. In the way that I think they should respond because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a perfectionist to the core and I have to fight myself, like my inner, my inner workings constantly. And so when things happen to me, like ever since I've written the book, I have had more grace towards people, right. you know, realizing that, I'm not perfect and Christ runs to the mess and that nobody else is perfect. And so when we're dealing with church, then we're dealing with people in the church and nobody besides Christ was perfect. And so if we can open our minds in that way, then we can also be freed from that hurt and necessarily when new hurt comes, not Mm -hmm. saying that it doesn't hurt because getting hurt from home hurts. And so we know that it hurts, but at the same time, learning to move past that and looking through grace-filled colored glasses instead of you should have done it this way or you should have done it that way. But yeah, so I definitely believe that we should look at ourselves and move past that. But there is something that we did want to clarify about as far as different types of hurt and what it looks like. Because we don't want to seem like, you know, oh, you've been hurt, get over it. Because that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) So Uh so I think... And I mean, I might be wrong, but from my viewpoint, there's pretty much two major types of hurt. And the first is hard to talk about, but it happens because even pastors, even people anointed by Jesus Christ 
are sinners. They're not Jesus. They are imperfect. And so that first type is church corruption. And church corruption really can be a lot of things. Anytime someone who is in a position of power abuses that power, that's church corruption. And that I think some major examples are cults. Cults right. are a major example. Or, And this is a hard one, um, but we've seen a lot of pastoral abuse. And this has been in the news in especially the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not just the Catholic Church. I want right. to clarify, it's not just the Catholic Church. It's it's all over. Right. You know, that type of abuse is very painful. And while there is a spotlight on organizations like the Boy Scouts and Catholic mm -hmm. Church, that it's not just them. Right. It's kind of everywhere. I, I do think that one of the reasons that those organizations get hit so hard is because they are unified mm -hmm. and so much bigger. So when one instance happens, it hits the whole Catholic Church. Or, you know, even in Boy Scouts, it, when it happens in one pack or one den, it hits the whole Boy Scouts. And I just brought that up because that happens in that organization. It seems like a lot. Right. But that's just because they're very similarly organized. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one, and this is really the one where we're trying and begging you to be able to move on from it. And I trust me, I know it's easier said than done, right. but it really comes down to, you know what, you got your feelings hurt. Um, and, and, but that's not just, it's not simple. You know, your feelings could be hurt in so many different ways, whether that's something that somebody said, something that, that somebody did, or something that you assumed. Mm -hmm. And that really comes back to being lied to, you know, we're always at war for Christ and you know, the enemy loves to put lies into our head and into our heart and tell us, you know, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. They don't like you because they don't know you. And it becomes this thing where you have assumed that someone feels some way about you or has done something to you when maybe they really haven't. Mm -hmm. And I think too, that comes back to, you know, how do I view myself? What are my past experiences? And being open to kind of what they've been through too, um, because you don't know technically the past of somebody else unless you really get to know them. I mean, we didn't even share our testimony with each other till right before we started recording. <laughs> and then we um, cried for three hours And then straight. we cried for three hours straight. That so, was great. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. So I think coming at it at an angle of, you know, where, where do you come from? Because, you know, we're called to do life together and we can't do life together on the surface, especially in the church because the church is a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are... Christ's body and individually members of it. I mean, we are literally a family of people coming together and family's messy. I mean, yes. it's not the super, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like poo slinging messy <laughs> in ministry and life is a messy thing yeah. and it's not going to be this cookie cutter thing that we try to fixate and push into this box of this is what Christianity looks like. These are what Christians look like. Mm -hmm. Although we try to do that, it's not. And so I think we frustrate ourselves and other right. people when we try to be perfect. When we all know that we struggle every day. And so. I don't think you should... This is, this is something that I really struggle with because I live in the South. I am not from the South. Right. And it is very obvious when I go to church. <laughs> Be and this is how it was explained to me. You know, in the South, 
we like to just hee 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 hee. And we're, you know, we don't talk about stuff like that. We don't talk about hard things. We are, you know, good Christian Southern women and, you know. Yeah. Bless your hearts. And <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to think of Southern things. I mean, I do love some grits. But that's a uh-huh. whole other story. Yeah. But I come in and I am bold and brassy. And I wear my sins like a garment of protection. And it really is. And it's kind of funny. This past weekend, I spent at a youth retreat, which is something that I never imagined I would do. But it was so amazing and Bless so much heart. fun. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but on the last day, I had brought this unicorn hat. And it's a, yes. it's a hat that is, it's meant to keep you warm, but it's totally, it's not, it doesn't work like that. But it has these long draping things that have pockets in the end. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, I'm, to- I'm totally looking this up. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and But I decided on the last day to pull it out. And I don't know really if I completely thought it out. I wanted to be identifiable to my kids, to my girls that I'd gotten close to. And I also just, you know, was coming off with a devil may care attitude. And a bunch of teenagers who care so much what people think about you. And I did get asked, how could you possibly wear that in public? (laughs) It was one of our boys. And I looked at him and I said, you know, God already knows everything about me. That's right. He already knows that I want to be a unicorn today. That's right. (laughs) So why would I worry about what people think about me? Yeah. But, you know, getting to that mentality, it's easy when you're surrounded by teenagers because now I'm 31 years old and I've been through it and it doesn't bother me anymore, especially not from teenagers. Yeah. But I can't lie and say that I've felt insignificant and not enough. I actually was in my small group and was crying about how I feel like I've been pushing myself on other people so hard to do this ministry and getting nothing in return. Right. Um, not from you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And I was just crying and I said, you know, I'm not mad at you because you guys were asked to do this and you're doing an amazing job. I'm just trying to get to the point where I feel so lonely and so alone. Yeah. But if I hadn't gone to a small group, I would never have been able to express that. And you know, what's funny is that not only do they have my back and make me feel loved and make me feel wanted and let me know that I'm supported, but it also made me more confident to kind of approach the people that I felt shunned by. And you know what? What? It was all in my head. Yeah. You know, I spent a good time talking to some of these people about the ministry that we're doing, about what I want to do, and really trying to move forward. And actually, we were able to hook up with somebody who we think can do something great here in the local area through these other people that I had just felt unloved and unwanted by. Mm -hmm. You know, so not saying that it's always in your head, but I know that I am a huge proponent of just building things up in my head. Yeah, well, I do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it just, it comes with anxiety and the things that we Mm -hmm. deal with. But at the same time, I think we have to under, we have to remind ourselves and understand that there is an enemy, Mm -hmm. like coming at the church and God's plan Mm -hmm. and for his people and for the people who don't know him yet. And I mean, it literally says in scripture that a house divided can't stand. Mm. And so I really think that we have to be mindful of what the enemy's trying to do because right. I've been in that place where 
I've been in my house alone for a year with screaming kids, with a broken body, you know, completely depressed, crying because I had no hope. And I still have bouts of that every now and then. Yeah. But I think the church brings me out of that like so much quicker. Mm -hmm. um, just a simple text or phone call. All the things that could have possibly hurt me or have hurt me and whatever from people have are nothing it pales in comparison of the yes. greatness that has been brought to my life because of it. And when you can focus on the good instead of the bad, it helps tremendously but also for, like realizing that you know beth you're not my enemy like there's <laughs> yeah. a greater enemy that's literally trying to devour exactly what what the body of christ is trying to do yeah i was you know i was talking to one of my girls and we were talking to her about getting close to other people in her church you know she's still a teenager she has to go to the church her parents chose Right. She hasn't moved out, so she doesn't get to choose for herself yet. And that's just, you know, kind of the way of things. And she says, you know, about some of the mean girls or popular girls, you know, I don't like that girl. She's just a brat. And I said, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you something. Those girls that you think are being mean to you, first of all, you don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. And secondly, if they are truly being mean to you, you should pray for them. Because hurt people hurt people. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to be able to move on past your hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously. Um, so we're not going to touch on pure church corruption today. I think that in those instances, one, there's so much pain there. Not that we can't handle talking about it. But it's going to be a whole nother episode that right. we're going to have to do further down the line, I think. But in the case of your dealing with hurt feelings, I think it's really important to take a step back and do a self-assessment. I mean, the first thing is, is really to try to get to the root of the problem. Um, so you need to ask yourself, this is the first question. Whenever you're feeling anxious or hurt or just not great about something, you need to say, okay, what happened that hurt me? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a doctor and you have to go in for surgery, you don't just open someone up and start poking around. Right. You know, they, they look, they know what they're doing before they start. So if you're trying to heal yourself, you need to know what you're healing. You can't just start being like, there's that baggage and there's that baggage and there's that baggage. And maybe that works for some people, mm -hmm. but I know it doesn't work for me. And you really have to focus on the root of your problem. And I'm actually, you know, I'm going to bring back another story from this weekend because I want to tell you guys, I spent the weekend at a youth retreat. It was amazing. I was so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> The guy said that he had a parishioner who had a pornography addiction. And he was getting frustrated because he prayed for him and 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 he, for him and he wasn't getting healed. I mean, and this is just, you know, an example of you get healed in God's time. But yeah. here's the other problem. He was dealing with the pornography, but not the root Mm -hmm. so until he could figure out what the root of that was so what ended up happening is the guy had to go back and he had to be like he had to look inside himself you know why am i having this problem why am i dealing with this why am i not healing and what ended up happening was you know there was something at work that was far worse and i mean i mean really worse 
than his addiction that was causing this. And it was a source of pain, you know? So that's the other problem. Pain manifests and it poisons our hearts. And if you don't heal it, you can become far worse than, you know, than you are right now. I mean, it's just like anxiety. It's like anxiety really is the idea of not getting anything out and just holding right. it in. And I held things in for years, not knowing it was safe to talk about the things that I was feeling. And I think that's where, I think one thing the church really needs to work on is, you know, making it more of a safe place to open up. That it's okay to come tell me that you have an addiction. It's okay to come tell me that you're an alcoholic. It's okay to tell me that you have a drug addiction. Yes. Um, I think we tend to, you know, lock arms so tightly with our perfectly fashioned faces um, that we leave the really, the hurting out, forgetting that we were exactly the same. Yes. Before Christ forgave us. And um, so I think that's really something that we have to work on as a body, as individuals in the church. I totally agree. I mean, it's intimidating to look at a church and see all these perfect faces, these saved people, and want to open yourself up and become vulnerable. And, you know, thinking that people are better than you is a perfect example of an easy way to get hurt, you know? And so as Christians, you can't, and this, I said this earlier, you cannot forget the sins that got you here. Yeah. You know, you can... You can get over them. You can get rid of the evidence. You can drop that hurt from your heart and allow Jesus to heal you. But if all of a sudden you become healed and you become saved and now you're better than everyone around you, that's poison. You are now poison to everyone around you. Well, like you were talking about earlier, um, we were talking before we started recording about the woman who bled for 12 years. Yes. I mean, the fact that she bled for 12 years and was ostracized from her whole community because she bled. I mean, in that culture, you had to go like be by yourself when that time was happening. Mm -hmm. So to be like that for 12 years, imagine her finally touching Jesus's cloak and being healed. I mean, I don't think she ever forgot that moment. I wouldn't. Exactly. And so I'm pretty sure she told everybody about it. And so I'm not saying like we have to walk around and be like, Oh, I used to be depressed and Oh, I used to this and Oh, I used to that. But I think also being real with who we used to be and what we still struggle with. Yes. Um, because, I mean, I came to church Wednesday, like, bawling one Wednesday, and I wanted to hide it, but you were like, what is going on? And I just couldn't <laughs> hold it back anymore. And mm -hmm. I think having, feeling safe enough to do that in a church is so needed today. Totally. So. Well, and I think that it kind of reminds me, you can't also, if you have been healed, you can't wave that flag, that gets very tiring for everyone around you as well. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. We had a pastor when I used to go to Catholic church who used to be an alcoholic, and he told this story, I swear, once a month. Really? You know, and it's great. You used to be an alcoholic. Woo! Right. And it's not that it's not a great story, but it, he's told it so often in the same exact way mm -hmm. that we just didn't want to hear it anymore. Right. Hooray, you were saved from alcoholism. Hooray. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, it's also that thing where if you're struggling with alcoholism and you hear this over and over and over again and you're not getting better, now you have a grudge. Yeah. Now you're hearing, oh, well... I guess God's not going to heal me. God's not going to get rid of my addiction. Yeah. He took care of that guy, but not me. Right. And so Ugh. it is definitely, I think, I mean, I usually don't share 
too, like if I hadn't, you know, that I have anxiety or deal with it, if I, unless I'm still struggling with it or somebody comes with me and says, I'm struggling with this, like homegirl, I've dealt with that yeah. too. Um, so I think it's definitely something you have to feel out and not overshare. Well, I do yeah. think though it helps because if you can get rid of those hurts inside of you, you not only become healed, but you become a beacon of light mm-hmm. and other people can see that you have been healed and they too can be healed. Um, I was actually doing some research and I was looking at Jesus's miracles and Jesus, who Jesus had healed. And he healed um, a couple named people, but the one that I was looking at was Bartimaeus, who was blind. And Bartimaeus was blind on the side of the road. He couldn't, you know, he was begging, but he was healed instantly by Jesus. And you know what he did? He didn't sit on the side of the road anymore. He got up and followed him, you know? And so, and there's so many other cases of unnamed people that Jesus healed. Um, he healed lepers and paralysis and the bleeding woman. He healed deafness and mutes. And I mean, I've got a whole list. He resurrected people. He re- he repaired the ear that Peter cut off. He performed exorcisms. Um, he healed a withered hand. Um, and even there's stories that aren't in the Bible of Jesus performing healing miracles as a youth, as an infant. So it's possible to be healed by Jesus Christ. I yeah. mean, 100%. Um, but I think it's amazing because the more people he healed, the more people who came looking for healing, you know? And it wasn't because he told them. Mm-hmm. It was because those healed people told them, hey, if he can heal me, he can heal you. Yeah. You know, and that is a story of faith that just, you know, encourages your faith. Um, but getting back to really like looking at yourself um, when you've been hurt, you need to you need to think, have you addressed the person who hurt you? You know, whether this was an intentional hurt or non-intentional hurt, whether you've assumed it or not, if you don't talk to somebody, especially the person you think is hurting you, you're never going to be able to move forward. So that leads us to the next thing, you know, am I overreacting? Yes. Um, which <laughs> Tiffany can do, you know. Um, You're not the only one. I'm definitely a people pleaser, though. Like, I just don't like people to be mad at me. Oh, I, that's, that's a totally different subject. But So I'm not exactly a people pleaser, but I, because I have no problem making people unhappy. Yeah. Um, but I have performance anxiety. Like, if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best. Right. So I don't like letting I think that and that's really letting myself down mm-hmm. it's like you build yourself up and tear mm-hmm. yourself down so the other thing is to want you know to figure out if it's a true feeling or perceived feeling yeah and that can kind of go hand in hand with overreacting yes um you know am I perceiving this hurt is it really there um what do I do about it you know what do I do about this hurt and can you move from this or move on from it? Well, and I think that goes back to the enemy whispering to us. And I'm looking at this thing that you added from Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. It tells us not to let the sun go down on our anger or give the devil any such foothold or opportunity. And that's really the thing. If we allow our mind to take control of our feelings, we're giving the devil foothold, we're giving him the opportunity And, you know, then that goes right back to being poisonous, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. So, and by dividing us, the devil wins. And there's one more thing. Okay. And that's, can I move on from this? So in the end, it doesn't matter if the hurt is perceived, if it's real, 
what kind of hurt it is, mm -hmm. can you move on from it? And if you can't, I mean, sometimes you just kind of, you do have to leave. I mean, if you can't get over it, sometimes you just have to move on. I think if that person's moved on and you're still kind of dealing with hurt, I mean, that hurts kind of between you and God now, you know, especially mm -hmm. if they've, they've asked for forgiveness or whatever. Um, I think it comes to a point where we have to just go to God and let him, you know, help us through that. But we're going to talk about that more in the next episode. Totally. Totally. So we're going to close today and um, kind of yeah. move on from here. Thank you for listening. This is Paving the Way with Tiffany and Beth. And just so you know, um, we're always here to talk and to pray for you. So if you have been hurt by the church or if you have something going on that's hurting you, feel free to either message us on Facebook through Paving the Way Ministries or from our website because we are here for you guys. I mean, this is what we're doing to help heal young women and help you guys move forward. To our listeners, thank you so much for your support. You can follow our podcast and other ministries at pavingthewayministries.org. From there, you can connect with us directly, find all of our episodes, and read more on our blog. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time.